0: Hey, and welcome back to Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Mike Freeman. I'm so excited to have you join me again as we devotionally walk through the New Testament, chapter by chapter, and and just looking at one portion of each chapter following the Valley Christian Fellowship Bible reading plan, which means today we are in Acts chapter 5. Now, we just saw uh, this beautiful picture of the church and people selling their goods uh, to meet the needs of others, of those who likely were uh, travelers to Jerusalem. They came to faith during Pentecost. And so there's all these people that don't live in Jerusalem, likely, that are staying there now because, because God's doing something because Christ is risen, because the Spirit has come. And, and there's a lot of community, there's a lot of unity, there's a lot of hope, there's a lot of joy. People are coming to faith daily. in They're trusting in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is a wonderful moment as the, the church has just newly been birthed and it's exciting and there's good things happening and everyone is, is, uh, they're just overwhelmed with, with joy at what the Lord's doing. Now in this, different people are selling their possessions they don't need that you know that they have more than enough and maybe they have extra even and they're selling things so that that money can go and it can support those brothers and sisters those new christians that are there in jerusalem now there's a lot going on here right uh but but what we want to see is there is this voluntary desire to meet the needs of one another It's not like people are commanding, you must do this. No, 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 this is an expression of gratitude for the grace that people have received because of of Jesus, because he he died for their sins. He's been resurrected. He is the Messiah. He is the King. And so with this in mind, we begin chapter five. And we're just gonna look at the front portion in a a passage that's somewhat somewhat famous, I guess. Beginning in verse one, it says, but a man named Ananias with his wife, Sapphira, sold a piece of property. And with his wife's knowledge, he kept back for himself some of the proceeds that, and brought only part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? After an interval of about three hours, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Uh, did not format this right. It says, and Peter said to her, there we go. Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, yes, for so much. But Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband or right at the door and they will carry you out immediately she fell down at her, his feet and breathed her last when the young men came in they found her dead and they carried her out and buried her beside her husband and great fear came upon the whole church and upon who, all who heard of these things now this is uh this is one of those intense passages where we see god's spirit working in a way that uh I don't know if we're comfortable with, but, but God's spirit's doing something really important here. Now, uh, before we, we take a deep dive, I think we need to understand a couple things. The, the sin, the, the the wrongdoing of this couple is not that they, they sold their property and kept some of it for themselves and didn't give everything. No, actually what, what we see here, especially with Peter's questioning of Sapphira is the issue is, they lied. They were they were giving others the impression that they sold this property and they gave all the proceeds. Now think about this: to, to be someone who has just done this and done it publicly, others would think well of you. They're doing this and they're kind of angling for the approval of people, angling for the applause of people. In a sense, they're not simply doing this out of a desire to serve others. That's mixed in there, but but there's also this this satan filling their heart satan filling their heart so that they would lie and notice it says they lie to the holy spirit and then it also says they've lied not to man but to god this reminds us that that god the holy spirit is in fact god The, the third member of the triune god the scripture speaks of the spirit as god just as it speaks as jesus christ as god just as it speaks as the father as god no, there's this this trinitarian reality that exists throughout the scripture and we see it even in this subtle way in this passage but but back to ananias and sapphira their sin was a, a sin of lying not of withholding and we we got to be careful how we apply this today this is not a passage that a pastor should get up and say listen church you should sell everything you have and give it to other church right no this is a free will offering This is not something they were obligated to do. This is something they voluntarily did. This is how giving works in the New Testament church. We don't give because we're trying to fulfill a requirement of the law. The requirement of the law has been completely filled in the perfect work of Jesus Christ. When you give to the church, you don't give because you have to fulfill a tithe requirement. You give because simply you you have a generous heart because of the generosity that god has shown you you give because everything you have has flown to or has, has flowed to you from the hand of god we have a an incredibly generous god who gives abundantly more than we need and and we give as a as a act of worship not as a a act of law fulfillment this is This this must be properly understood as we consider the story of Ananias and Sapphira. So so what we see here, this couple, they sell their property, fine. They give some of it, that's fine. But then they act like they've given it all. And this is where they they sin. Now, we, uh, we have to wrestle with the consequence of their sin. I think this couple likely was. I think they likely were Christians. Uh, there's debate on this. There's there's a you know there's this reality. They're part of the church. They likely trusted in Jesus and his death and resurrection as the 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 way they are saved. But guess what? Christians still sin. Now uh, that's what we see right here. These, these are likely Christians who were caught in an egregious sin and it just so happened to be an egregious sin at a very delicate moment in, in the history of the church, the birth of the church. This, this church is brand new and it seems like the Lord is protecting it from these evil motives, from these evil intentions at the, at the very outset. He wants his church to be pure. He wants his church to be undefiled. And so we see this consequence of sin happen in a very clear and and intense manner as the early church is just getting started. Now, potentially, does this happen today? I potentially can. When when Paul writes to the Corinthian church, when he's talking about a communion, he's talking about coming to the Lord's table in a way that is unworthy. So this is why some are sick and weak, and have even died. There, there is a sense of the the hypocrisy that we can entertain as we have hidden sin, as we act one way and live another way. And and the, the issue is not our sin. The issue is not dealing with it, not bringing it to the forefront, not confessing and repenting of it, and and living before the Lord and in community with the church in a way that doesn't act like we're perfect, that doesn't put on a mask, that's not acting like Ananias and Sapphira saying, look how good we are. We want everyone's approval and attention. Instead, it's it's stripping off the mask and living in a way that's transparent, saying, oh, I've got struggles or, or living in a way that says, Here, here's, here's who I really am. I'm not trying to put on a religious kind of mask or show. This is who I really am. Here's my difficulty. Here's my weakness. So that we can carry one another's burdens. And so when we think about this, and we think about the ancient way for our modern day, here's, here's what I want you to take away. I want you to take away, first of all, when we think about giving in the church, I want you to understand it is, it is a voluntary overflow of, of thankfulness because of the Lord's generosity in your life with everything you have, but particularly with the gospel. And so it's actually an act of worship don't let someone twist your arm into giving instead go to the lord decide in your heart and then give as as you generously can to the work of the ministry but but then maybe more importantly let's think about our our tendency to desire to to keep up appearances and maybe to shade the truth Maybe to act differently so that we can get others' approval and so we can be seen as somebody in the church. Uh, The ancient way for the modern day is simply to to stop doing that. To rest in the work of Christ that he died for all of our sin. that, That he has paid the price and he has resurrected so we now live in Christ. And so we don't have to keep up appearances we don't have to play this game. We don't have to be fake so that others will think well of us spiritually. No, we repent of our sin. We, we confess it to each other. We come to one another for care and for counsel and for prayer. And we live a real Christian life with each other instead of trying to live a fake one. This is the ancient way for our modern day. I hope it encourages you. I hope it challenges you. I hope it gives you much to think about. And as you bring this to a close, uh, I hope you take some time and think about how you, how you generously give as a steward of everything the Lord's given to you. think about that. weigh on your heart how He has called you to live generously. But more than that, can you identify places in your life where you' you're wearing the mask, where you're acting one way, but you're really um, you're really just putting on a show? Maybe you should use this week, maybe even today to text or to call a friend, a brother or sister in Christ and say, you know, I'm challenging myself or I'm struggling right here with this issue. Will you pray for me? Can you think of some scriptures that I can read to encourage me? Let's strive to be real with each other in the way we pursue Christ and we live the Christian life.